I'm going to add this to it. You, you, you're looking at 2002 versus 2023. The number of racetracks, the number of cars out there. Even our fan base, it's not what it was back in the day. Yeah. And with, right. when you had more racetracks running, you had more drivers racing. Now that we've got less racetracks, we've got less drivers racing. That's the biggest problem we have in our sport right now is, and, and I know some of these promoters, it drives me bonkers. I mean, it does because I've been there. I've put up money for races. So mm -hmm. I got my right to speak on this. It, it, it drives me bonkers when, when I hear promoters say, ah, we said just close shop or just end it, just be done. We don't need more racetracks closing, but we need smarter promoters. Yeah. Got, we've got a we've got a couple that needs to take notice of that in our own area that's, mm -hmm. that's that needs to really take a look in the mirror but but that that's where we are and and I see it I go I mean I've been to 33 states you know racing over the years and I've, I've seen this stuff we've got some wonderful wonderful promoters but we've got we've, we've just got some people that that just got to learn how to do that. And, and that's where the gap is between 2002 and people guiding them, social media and everything's happening today. It'll never be reduplicated. I hate to say it. I, I would love and, and don't think that I haven't been trying to work on some stuff with our own inside our own organization to do some things, but the math and everything's just not working out. Um, it's just, I've tried. Don't get me wrong. Um, I would love it. I don't know. I, but that's just uh, just my personal opinion. It may not amount to a hill of beans, but that's just the way I feel because I, all I've ever wanted to do was be a citizen in this sport. And and I and as a younger age, I went about it the wrong way. I mean, Mikey Marler, I tell you, I drove him nuts when he was when he was little. Uh, always wanting to help or, <laughs> or uh, get a T-shirt from Wayne Bowen back in the day. But I, I look back on it now, and I don't think anybody could sit back and say, well, Tilly was – he hated the sport or – he didn't want it to do well or something. I don't think people would look back and say, well, they may say he may have drove us nuts back in the day, but I don't think they could have ever said that, that, you know, I had bad intentions and I don't, I pay the money just like what, what we're supposed to do in this sport. Jason, he knows he ran. I mean, you, you may not be getting a whole lot of money. By gosh, you counted on every dime when you raced it. it I mean, racers didn't get a whole lot, but whether you run 10th, 1st, 13th, you counted on every cent to get to the racetrack the next week. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. We've got a couple people w mentioning here, so I just want to – I don't want to stay on this for too long. I, I didn't mean to because I know we've got some good stories about what was. I really want to get back to that. But we've got a couple people that asked, what about crates? Is it a possibility that – you know? Would it be a possibility with crates, Chris? You, you, you know more about all this stuff than than I do. I'm not. I can't. But I, I wish they would have come out with a different name years ago, other than crate. I, I, I think that that absolutely killed the class out of the gate, and and I don't mean that in a bad way because a dear friend of mine has got a crate series. Uh, Adam Stewart Crate Racing USA does a wonderful job with it, and that that's the name that was given years ago. So it, it's not a slam to anything. It just I don't think I think the fans respond differently. Me as a race fan would because I am a race fan. I don't think we respond well to the word crate. It's not a super motor. You're thinking of open competition, super late, a super late model crate. Which one are you going to go watch? Is mm -hmm. yeah. If you had a million to win super race or a million to win crate race, which one are you going to choose? 
I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah. The, the, the super late models is what puts the fans in the stands. Every class is needed. Every class is appreciated. But at the same time, they have to know their place and they have to know that they're working up the ladder as a support class down the road. They're not the top biller. Yes, they right. pay the same to get in as everybody else. They're not top billing. They're not what the fans are there. You can pay a million to win hobby stock race and you won't have 10 people in the bleachers. I'm sorry it's the truth. Yeah. Am I wrong, Jason? I mean, just I'm, I'm just being honest. I, and that's why I see it with the crates and, and the other divisions. I love the other divisions. I stay and watch them. But yeah. that's the cold, hard facts. Yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right about that. One thing we've talked about even on this podcast, though, and I think you're 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 spot on when you talk about just the name. If you just say late models, most people don't know the difference. They wouldn't have a clue. And if you get some of these guys around here who have been super late model racers in crates, they're not going they're not going to know the difference or care about what they're what they're watching. It's just the quality of the show, but I think you 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 are you're exactly right. It's just that name crate and and uh, and 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 why not just say late models? I mean, I don't know where the future stands. I had, I had a promoter tell me that he ran a track in North Carolina, and he said, "Chris, they were a limited late model." He said, "He said I called them late models. He ran them for years, and he said I I, I just called them late models." He said I had to get my fans adjusted. And, mm-hmm. and he did as a promoter, he had to, and he ended up packing the stands down there in the Carolinas. I, I networked with these guys through the different promoters workshops. And that's how I got to know him through back track is somewhere outside of Charlotte. And he said, I had to learn to adjust and I had to change the name of the class to my fan base. Mm-hmm. And once they got on, they didn't know the difference. And, and, and it was not a slam to the people in the bleachers. It's just, that's the way he had to advertise it to make it work for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you're you're exactly right, and I do have to say I think we are seeing a shift here locally. I've noticed last year there were some some crate or pro late model events, and there were fans at those events. So I think that's a good thing, but it's not anywhere near where it needs to be. And I just think it would be a great thing to make that transition between crate and just saying late models. Well, that would help and, everybody. And I got to mention this. You talk about crates. Crates was supposed to be the savior of the sport, the 604s. Well, mm-hmm. then they got to messing with them. Then they got to messing with the 525 motors, giving right. them more horsepower. Then they brought the 602s in. Yeah. And, and, and they thought, well, the 602s are going to be the savior. Well, then they got guys that are that are spending more money on a 602 than they are a limited or a super late model or an open wheel modified. None of this stuff makes sense, but they can't blame the racetracks. They can't blame the series. They got to turn around and look at other factors. There's more factors than just the series or that. And I know we've kind of gotten off topic, but that is another fact of yeah. where racing is just, it's went, it's went weird. It's it, the last few years, the transition of our sport. And I'm worried about the future of our sport. I really am. As somebody that's worked in it for a long time. Yeah, we did. We got way off topic, and that's my fault. So sorry, sorry. about that, guys. That's all on me. Uh, but it, points that needed to be discussed. It's good for. Yeah. I mean, th- these are the things that they're important. Um, but Jason, years. I mean, it was expensive. I mean, racing is expensive. I don't care how you go about it. It is expensive, and it ain't for everybody. I know it had to be expensive back then. It had to be tough to do it back then when you were running. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we were, you know, Dad and I talk about it all the time. He's like, I don't even know how we did it. Like, I mean, you know, Dad had a business and, and he worked really hard to uh, have extra money to race. We had good, we had some good sponsors. We were blessed. We had people to help. But it's kind of incredible to look at some of the things that we were able to do on the budget we had. And, uh, you know, I, to piggyback, you know, I'll, I'll take the racer side. Chris has been more on the promotion side. I don't care what you put it, what the car is, what kind of cheap motor you put in it. Racers will find a way to make it go faster, <laughs> manage to way to spend more money. Yeah. That is never going to be the answer for the sport. Uh, I, I get it. I mean, yes, the reason you don't see a track run a supers on Saturday night, you know, say Barstown for a thousand dollars, you know, dad said that's what they raced for in the eighties and nineties. Right. We raised yeah. for the same money in the two thousands, but you, you can't now. I mean, you couldn't today anymore that there would no, there would be no cars because of the cost of fuel to get there and things like that. And so that's kind of what ended that. So uh, it doesn't really, the, the mindset is the same. It just costs a lot of money, but listen, so does everything else in the world. Groceries are double. I mean, it is what it is. If you if you race, you race, and you you, know, you got sponsors or you don't, you find a way. But um, you know, we we were fortunate. I mean, and I think that's what the the Battle of Bluegrass was pretty cool because I, I there were tire rules. I don't remember vividly. I know back to what Chris said about ARs. We ran ARs some too off and on. Tony Tony Rose did help us a little bit, and we had switched back and forth. And maybe finally at the end, we just we didn't we was no loyalty. We just kept our options open, but. You know, I know we had rules and stuff, but I felt like that series, like I felt like I didn't feel like Victor had a financial advantage over us, right? Like Victor's team mm. hit a couple of different teams there, but like Tim Tungit, you know, was local. Like I feel like we were caught kind of all in the same arena of, of equipment and, and, and things like that, and that's no longer the same. I mean, some of those guys, even if <laughs> – you know, I know Chris's series. I follow it online. I mean, there's some guys that run well and win that. I mean, they're spending they're spending a lot of money to run his series. You know, it, it's just different. I I feel like that Battle of Bluegrass was was full of a lot of weekend racers. Like Tim, I don't know how many track change championships Tim Tungett won at Barstown. I know mm-hmm. Mike Jewell, different places in Indiana. I, I feel like those guys just we those guys just graduated up. And, uh, you know, it's not because some, some guy came along and gave them a half million dollars to go do the Battle of Bluegrass. They used the same stuff they were running on the same weekend shows. And I think that's what made that series, um, it, you know, it, you know what it was. You know, again, Aaron Hatton, I, these names that Chris was mentioning, I think about these guys. These were yeah. guys who worked during the week. They had jobs. They had family businesses. They rolled into the track on Friday last minute because they just got done, you know, with work. Weekend Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warriors, Jason. Yeah. You're not going to recreate that, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, again, you guys know that. Again, even the series Chris has. I mean, um, there's guys who um, are above what I would have said were running in the Battle of Bluegrass as far as what they're spending and, and, and stuff like that. Now they're racing for a little more money. I get that, but yeah, I think that's what made it neat. You know, is the guys that yeah. we were with were kind of all in the same boat, so to speak. You know, we none of us were making a living. Awful race <laughs> and battle of bluegrass, you know. No, and that—that that, you're right. That's exactly what made it what it was. Yeah. And the truth is, those guys just—they—they're not there anymore. 
Right. You guys, you're not there anymore. And so I think when it comes down to it, that's that's the difference. And that's what made Battle of the Bluegrass what it was. Yeah, I mean you and again you go down the list and I'm not as familiar on the but but a lot of the again you look at the list and I met a lot of guys when I ventured out and ran that series that I didn't know by just running local. But those guys were track champions at their track. And it, you kind of brought all those guys together. And then, you know, we started traveling. And, and mm-hmm. some of us had been to these places, you know. And so, um, you know, we ventured out a little bit even outside of Kentucky. So, I think that was neat. Um, I remember going up to uh, to Chillicothe uh, a couple of times. Like, Soggy Bottoms. Like, I remember going down yeah. there. Uh, just all these places. I'd never, I'd never seen these places. And, again – there was no, inter- I mean, we had 4M back then, but I don't know, man. 4M was about like the <laughs> Facebook of today. I mean, it's the worse. Only good thing was on there was on Sundays when Spanky or whoever would write the write the write ups yeah. from the tracks, but everything else was kind of like Facebook. It was garbage and arguing and uh, yeah. stuff. But there was, you know, you didn't, I couldn't watch a race online. Um, you know, you went and seen this place for the first time. And so, you know, it's pretty cool um, to, to see that and like you said i mean recreating it it's just maybe on i racing right i mean my brother yeah he's, he's big on i racing i've been over there a couple of times and played with that maybe on i racing yeah uh, you know get us all back on there but that's probably it man that that would that would be fun but no you <laughs> you're exactly right we'll, we'll stream that live right here on dirt racing the bluegrass recreate the soggy bottom would be interesting that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Soggy so Bottom was the most interesting racetrack I think I ever visited. Windy Hollow. Did we race it? We did, didn't we? Did we go over there one time? Well, you may I, have. Know, I know Dad did, and I took the okay. open wheel down there one time, and I—I I mean, there was pieces <laughs> of brick, like just flying up. I mean, it was bad. I mean, <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, th- those places are different for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I went there one time. Mountain Motor was fun too, you know, like that. That was oh, just oh, such oh. a journey. Um, just you talk about printing off MapQuest. <laughs> th- that was one of my biggest, you know, first memories was going to Mountain Motor Speedway, <laughs> MapQuest, that thing. And you just drive and drive and you go down a back road and you drop over a hill and you're thinking, how in the world are they getting trailers in this place? <laughs> Um, yeah. But a fun place, but man, that that was an experience too. Uh, guys, here's a question from Jason Denny: um, what are what are your favorite tracks from the Bob days? When I asked both of you, go, Chris. Uh, oh man, I love going to every one of them. But I mean, the ones that stick out, I love going to Bardstown, and I tell you why I love going to Bluegrass Speedway in Bardstown. Number one, David and Anita was going to treat you good. The staff was great there, and you were going to get out of there at a decent hour. Most of the time, be home before midnight. <laughs> and yeah. we a lot of times start that feature in the summertime before the before it got dark because he had that curfew. But I'll never forget going to Barron County Speedway in Glasgow. It, it has to be, and I was so privileged. I got to see races there over the years, and I actually got to run some of my own shows there. And I'm a little partial to that place. I'm, I'd say Barron County would probably be my favorite racetrack in the state of Kentucky. And I think you've had a lot of your guests on here, guys, that have said that over the last few weeks. You know, Barron oh, County yeah. Was, was, I'd say Barron County to this day would be my all-time favorite. Even though Lake Cumberland was my home track, I got to go with Barron County. Yeah. Yep. 
I think that's been uh, – I think everybody said Barron County so far. So It was unique. You could race all over this thing. Did you ever run down there, uh, Jason? I only got to race my open wheel there a few times okay. before it, it finished, yeah. And we did some Bob open wheel shows down there? Yeah. yeah. And it, it was – I hated that because dad – Dad was track champion there in the late 80s yeah. one year. And, uh, you know, I would have loved to have raced more there because I remember as a kid going and um, and I hated it. I, I, it was just a handful of times. And, yeah, it was – and that was back early in the open wheel days. So, uh, I, I would have to obviously – I mean, Bardstown, Bluegrass Speedway was close to home. And uh, I had probably the my better wins, you know, my most memorable wins. I I won the Jerry Rucker Memorial. If man, unless my memory's wrong, my friends could tell me. I think that's my first late model win. And again, so Jerry Rucker Memorial is early in the year. I'm thinking June over there. Um, just just to give you an idea, Jimmy Owens is there. I mean, it's 2,000 to win. Jimmy Owens is there. It's like you know, it's like this sucks, man. I'm like, why are these guys? You know, Brad, yeah, Brad Neat started to venture out more, but he would run local some. And yeah, of course he was really good. And, uh, man, we were really good that night, um, and it was misfortune. But we, we were within eyesight. I tell you, I was close enough to Jimmy when we went into one. I saw his tire going down when I passed him uh, coming out of two. And um, so so I passed him on the white flag lap when his tire went down. And, man, I could see going into turn three, that set of bleachers up there. Like, I could see my all my family, like, everybody with me, man, was already on their feet. And I'll never forget that, man, just – just know, you know, winning my first late model race over there. And, and uh, so obviously Bardstown, you know, and I mean, heck, Ponderosa is close to home. Uh, same thing with Lake Cumberland. I mean, um, those places um, I raced a lot at, but, you know, Bardstown winning the track championship and, uh, you know, and like, like Chris said, man, it, it was a, it was a top, top notch facility. And yeah. uh, we, we, we always felt like, you know, we got, we got what we paid for there and, and um, you know, enjoy enjoy going over there. And that place hosted the Dirt Track World Championship three times. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big deal when that when they announced that. And Spanky, I mean, golly, when he put that press release out in two thousand two, that the Dirt Track World Championship was coming to Bardstown. I mean, that was big for this area. Yeah, lap race. I think fifty or sixty thousand win. Don't hold me to that. That's a big deal for this area. Yeah, and and we got the privilege with the Battle of Bluegrass in 02 and 03 and and then. NARA in 04, we got to work those races. Yeah. Mark crew got to go up there and work them. And it, that was a big deal for us. That was a, it was cold, rainy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the weather was, yeah. We, we, well, I think it was hot good. one year, cold the next. Spanky knows the weather. He, he, I guarantee you can remember it. I just can't right off the top of my head. He's, he's like was, a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> it was cold because it was, it's always later in October and, yeah. and it, the weather turned. Uh, we had a, we were in open wheel then. We made both features, uh, both years in open wheel. We were yeah, because they always uh, run both. Yeah, yeah. We we were uh, really proud of that because there was a lot of open wheels. A lot of good good open wheels came down. And man, he's talking about Spanky. Listen, so <laughs> my second year of teaching, I got to teach with Spanky at the alternative school here in town. I got a job the second day. School had already started, and I got to work with him. I was next door to him. It would have been oh seven oh eight. So we were literally next door, and I kid you not, I don't know how many miles or laps we raced, but it, it was bad. Like Monday morning, there was no teaching going on, I promise. Oh, no, I could imagine, yeah. Dude, it was so bad. And then, and I got one for you. So you guys played uh, the washer game, you know, like washer toss. 
you know, you try to toss it in your little box, you know, the little pipe. Yeah. Little round washers. So I had that. That's, I guess it's been a long time ago. We would play uh, play after we done, get on with our lessons in the hall. Uh, we played washers every day. Uh, it was great, man. But, I, man, that guy – because I didn't say this earlier. Man, when I started racing go-karts here in town, he announced at the go-kart track. Oh, okay. That's where he started. Yeah, he started out here. So I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. So, man, that go – I mean, he – I've known him, and he's watched me grow up basically – and um, it's just so cool to, to think back and all those little stories like that. So like, when you were teaching next door to Spanky, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, that was I could just imagine like, uh, you know, you hear Spanky to Spain. Like, I, I mean, I feel like I'm at the racetrack uh, all day. Hey. Did he sound the same? Like, what did he, did he feel like he was, was he announcing a dirt race when he was teaching no, class? No, or? no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> again let me say it again we were at an alternative school (laughs) there there might be a side that you guys don't know uh he could flip a switch when things got needed to be flipped over there and i just stayed in my room for a while (laughs) no man it was awesome man i mean uh i think he probably helped me get the job and uh it's crazy because you know he would and like Chris was talking about, he would write his press releases Sunday, Monday, yeah. you know, and, and send those out or whatever. I don't even, you know, back in. And so I always got, you know, it was pretty cool because we, you know, I was always asking him what was going on and, you know, what, what he knew that I didn't know. And, <laughs> um, I mean, it was good. It was a, it was a, it was a short year and only lasted one year for probably for good measure, but, uh, it was good, man. It, it is. It's crazy to think about. You, you, that's what I've loved so much about all these different stories you guys are telling because you get to see the drivers and so many people that we grew up, you know, Spanky and all these guys like in real life, like in normal yeah. life. As a fan, I said this last week on the show and Eddie Carrier and uh, and, and Tungit, Eddie especially, I think he kind of, he almost looked at me like cross-eyed, like as a fan, you got as as I was I was a kid too, younger during those days. But as a, like you guys, all of you, Spanky, all of, you're like celebrities. Like we, we just got to see you from the stands on the track, and you guys were like, like I said, just like celebrities. And so it's just been a lot of fun to to catch up and 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 hear these stories. You know, we we get to hear things, but we hear like the the winners interview. We don't get to hear the behind the scenes stuff. So yeah. I, I got a little quick little quick story for you too. You mentioned Jack Boggs uh, earlier, Tilly. So back when I was probably six, seven, eight, pretty young, my grandparents literally lived within eyesight of Tilly County Speedway. So I remember Jack Boggs would come down and test and, you know, I'd be out in the yard and I could hear him testing over there and they would use a scanner radio and to talk to him. And, and so my grandparents, they would put the scanner on and I, I could pick up the feed. Um, you could hear, but man, I could hear him hot lapping over taking his speedway. Of course, again, I was a kid. Now I know he was, you know, he was the man back then. But yeah. he would come down and test at Tokyo Speedway and they literally lived within eyesight. And um, it was really cool. I just thought of that earlier, man. It's um, pretty cool. You know, I, I, that's, I wish Tucane Speedway, you know, had been around when I raced. That would have been really cool to have been able to race here in my hometown. Yeah. That's, yeah, you're, you're the second person that said that. Yeah. 
on the series. I've never seen a race at Taylor County Speedway unless I was a little little bitty and I just I may have went with my dad, but I I always heard a lot of good. And I've heard so many stories that Spanky's told me about the old Taylor County Speedway. I wish I could have relived it. I seen a lot. I got to see a lot of pictures naturally, but. Uh, I heard there was a lot of great memories from there back in the day. And, and, and then to hear the stories between the guys that would go to Taylor County on Friday and Brownstown on Saturday back and forth in those battles. I mean, they'd have big names could roll in there on a Friday and then, you know, Brownstown on Saturday. That, that right there is pretty special too, you know. And yeah. A lot of memories. Blackjack, golly, you think about him and then Jackie. I mean, a lot of great memories from the Boggs family. I mean, they, they did a lot in this area with racing, you know, they naturally they did. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one more real quick. I've got to do this. I, I promise we do giveaways. And and before we wrap up, I have to do one more. We're going to give one more of these Battle of the Bluegrass stickers away. And by the way, Wes Lanham is going to get your information, mail these out to you. He doesn't know this yet. I'm just like making him aware right now. But he'll take care of that, getting those to you. He's got them. So he'll he'll get up with you and we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, but one more question. And, and Chris, I'm really hoping you can help me with this, to be honest with you. What was the last year that Kentucky had a speed week? Uh, you don't don't say it, uh, but hopefully you can help me with this. Uh, I know it. Chris Tilley's the one that put it on. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. What was yeah. the last year? We've talked about it potentially. You don't want me to say the year, right? Don't say it yet. But oh. Yeah, let's see if anybody <laughs> can get it right. That's and the, uh, that's the question. That's the question. Trivia. Somebody tell us last time there was a Iron speed Man week. Speed Week. We yeah, Iron Man. That's we what it say was. That. Yeah, Iron Man Speed Week. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I do remember a few of those. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I seen somebody had a question there. Jason Dalton, did Josh Tarter win a Bob race? Uh, he was dangerous at the pond. Josh did not win a Battle of Bluegrass race. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that Josh was and, – and I, I'm 99.9% .9 sure – Josh never ran a Battle of Bluegrass race. I don't think he was racing when the Bob Series started in 02. I remember back in the 90s and early 2000s, especially Ponderosa, late coming up. But I do not remember him racing after that. And I and I I remember, you know, a lot of memories of that T20 car. But I, And Spanky could probably help me. But I do not ever remember him entering a Battle of Bluegrass race. And I've got a lot of the old entry forms here. But that just, Jason, I know that was a great question. Yeah, so a couple of people said 2007. I know, I know why they're thinking that. That was the last Battle of the Bluegrass Speed Week was in 2007, I believe it was when they had that. That was a lot of fun. I mean that that was when that you got Richmond on a Thursday night, just for example. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I, somebody said 2015. I think that might that's that's close. No, I think somebody just got it down there. Your next one. Okay. All right. Twenty. 2018. No. 2016. There it is. All right. See, I told you I needed your help. Yeah, I knew it was like 15, <laughs> 16, somewhere around in there. But uh, yeah, it was Iron Man Speed Week, and that we was did, that was uh, fun. Let's see. We did uh, 201 on a Thursday, Ponderosa on Friday, mm -hmm. and Richmond. When the Yances had it on Saturday night, we did it at, at Richmond, and yeah. then went Sunday to Tazewell. We did mods and late models that year. Yeah. And, uh, I think Bailey. No. Well, one time it was Michael Chilton won the late model part of the speed week. And I forget who won the modifieds. May have been Wayne James or one. Well, I mean, I, I'm not telling them modifieds. We had so many of them. It was, it was, uh, Lord mercy. We had a bunch of them back in the day, too. I know, Jason, I remember that Battle of Bluegrass modified. That might have been one of the most competitive series, too. Now, that thing, 
I remember the first ever race we did at Ponderosa. I want to say we had 38, 40 modifieds. Probably ain't been that many modifieds there since. And uh, that was a competitive series back in the day. That was a fun, fun series. I think Brent Londeray, the 99, won the first ever Battle of Bluegrass modified race. I think Spike, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because the mod- the modified series was a lot of fun. Go ahead, Wes. I didn't mean to. I was I was trying to think back. I can remember going to Tazewell and watching the the modifieds Battle of Bluegrass series. Um, yeah, they ran there a lot. You talk about you talk about wild uh, seeing an open wheel there and and good car counts, um, good competition. Uh, yeah, that, I got to tell this. You mentioned the Battle of Bluegrass and Tazewell. Gary Hall is still the promoter today at Tazewell. Him and I are dear friends. Battle of Bluegrass ran there for many years. It was even there before he became promoter. I think he took over in 05. Gary said it was probably one of the best. When he had Battle of Bluegrass back in the day at Tazewell, it was probably it was some of the best crowds he ever had, even compared to his bigger races. And, you know, he had a lot of Ray Cook races too back in the day, starting in 05 or 06. But he said the Battle of Bluegrass was always the big big ticket at, at Tazewell. So I, that said a lot for the series too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Driver. Yeah. And golly, they would be they should be some horses rolling there. And I, and Jason can tell you he got around that place, but I'm telling you, that's a different beast in its own. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. like matchbox cars in a salad bowl. <laughs> yeah. We need a t shirt with that on it. Matchbox yeah. cars in a salad bowl, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. It is that's a fun fun place to watch. I'll t- I'll say that. I don't know about it as far as driving, but it's a fun place to watch. Matchbox cars in a salad bowl. That, Not that heard is, that one worldwide, Wes. That is really good. <laughs> <laughs> you just stumped the Wes. You're the only one that can stump the Wes. We do. We settled it right here. <laughs> we just needed to get Tilly on the show and beat this guy. It's something he never heard before. That's the but only I, thing. But I, I look back. I just listened to Jason as he talked about Barstown. He's so many great races. I mean. Barstown, some nights where David had to start so early, that place was not notorious for good racing all the time. But he worked that place so hard. He worked it so hard. And and we saw some good races there. And and, I, and, and, I, and I'm the type of person, I don't have to go to a race, and, and I don't have to see – I look up, and I heard Tony Stewart say this one time, you see passing and you see racing. If you want to see passing, go out on I-75. These boys is racing. There's a difference, and it's true. I, I believe in that, and I don't have to have passes for the lead every night or three wide racing. I I want a good, clean, safe race where everybody goes home, doesn't tear up stuff. We have no drama, and I don't care who wins as long as it's a good, safe race. And that's that's been my philosophy since day one. People think, well, he's a promoter; he's probably got his favorites. I don't give a crap who wins as long as we got a good race. Right. Yeah. But I think there's a misconception there where people think that they got to see passing every night, and that's not necessarily what we're doing. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It's just not realistic. I mean, <clears throat> really, when it when it comes down to it, someone wants to know why I don't buy a supercar. I can't see who it is. It must be somebody I know, but you you don't know my finances. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't buy a supercar. I ain't got no money. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, guys, one more thing before we wrap up. We're going to send this thing off in style as as best we can for all of you. 
Wes included. Give me one or or two or three, however many you want. Just just a, a memory, something you have about a particular something, anything about Battle of the Bluegrass, or say whatever you want to say. This is uh, we're, we're going to send it off, like I said, in style. We'll finish. We'll finish up with this. Tilly, you go first. You're on the screen, so I'm gonna put you put you on the spot. I think about the bluegrass. I I just think of so many wonderful memories. I mean, the, the guys you've had on here. I mean, I always enjoyed watching Eddie and Tim and, and Mikey and them. The Victor, golly, them guys could put on a show in a modified. You could put them in a Tonka truck. And <laughs> Jason and them guys. I mean, it's just there were so many wonderful memories. I think about the memories of places I never got to be in a tent. And where would I, if had it not been for the Battle of Bluegrass, would I have ever gotten to go to these places and visit these people? Um, uh, and I and I got to tell my story on James before we get out of here because yeah. I don't up with it. We, we in the first year of the Battle of Bluegrass, we were going to Eastern Kentucky, and we were we were doing a two night show, and I don't remember if it was at Thunder Ridge or where. And I was in charge of getting the hotels because me and Essex were staying together. And I put us at a Super 8 over there in Paintsville or Prestonsburg, somewhere. Pre Prestonsburg. And I screwed up, and it was a one-bed room. <laughs> it was one king-size bed. So that didn't start the night. That didn't start the weekend outright on that race. So I, I said, James, somebody's got to sleep the floor. And I, he decided he was going to. So that's what happened. We got up and go to the breakfast the next morning. There was a Jerry's down there, down the street. I, it's got to be painful. It wasn't Preston. It was Prestonsburg. There was a Jerry's restaurant. It was great to, great to eat there. And we would, I found that out. I always knew where the good eating places were. So we, it, it may have been later on. It may not have been that first year. But anyway, we, we went to breakfast. He had just got a big old stack of hotcakes. I mean, he had a stack. He was ready to go to town. Well, he, had, he was going to eat these hotcakes, and some guy over here, a couple booths or tables a little bit closer, had a heart attack right there. I mean, I just got my breakfast, too. Well, they brought the ambulance in there, and they stretched her, and they took his, took him out of there. Well, this James was bum-founded. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't do nothing. I said, well, James, I'm, I'm hungry. I mean, you know, it ain't going to stop me from eating. I mean, it wasn't no blood or nothing, you know. So I was going to go ahead and eat my I ate my breakfast, and, and I remember looking at him and, and saying, James, you going to finish them hot cakes? He just he took that plate and went, like it. Just <laughs> he didn't sleep that weekend. He didn't get any hot cakes. He had a rough weekend. I don't know. I'd say he was scarred for life when he went back to Indiana that week because he lived in Indiana. Bless his heart. But I love working with James. We'd always teach James and the way he'd carry on with us and everybody. Yeah. We were like family. It wasn't just people that worked together. And Jason knows this from the crew guys he's went up and down the road with. These are not just people that you see occasionally. These people are family, and these race teams are family. These race fans are family. These promoters mm -hmm. are family. We may fight and fuss and argue, but at the end of the day, racers and people in racing have got each other's back. That's the memory I take away from the Battle of Bluegrass memory, uh, from the Battle of Bluegrass series. I loved it, and I wish it was still here, but it's not. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Jet, we'll go to we'll go to you next. Give us. Give it. Give us your best memory or memories of uh, Battle of the Bluegrass days. It's, it's hard. It's hard to, to narrow. I, you know, I was just sitting there thinking. You know, of course, I was in my up twenties then, upper twenties. But I was living my dream. Obviously, I mean, uh, I wasn't making a living at racing, but 
I mean, I was that was a dream come true to be able to race every weekend. And just thinking about that and just thinking about uh, – it was always fun for me at the track to, to interact with kids because uh, I remember that I was that kid watching, yeah. you know, the race cars and, man, one, wanting so bad someday to, to do that. And so I, I always enjoyed interacting with kids um yeah. and whether i knew them or not maybe it's just a, a track i've never been to and i tried to always again i i say this in the right context i mean you said you know, josh you said you know i get they looked at us differently you know they thought we were nascar style drivers you know we were not <laughs> we thought we were i mean you know we, we felt that way but i always wanted to take the opportunity to interact with them take a picture with them sign a picture give them a picture whatever i had a checkered flag i mean you just remember the little kids running around down front of the fence waving the checkered flag, man. Um, yeah. and, and so when I think about that, man, just the, the fans obviously make the sport and just the interactions, you know, people would come up to you afterwards and, um, you know, tell you they, they were a fan of yours or they enjoyed watching you. That, that meant a lot. Um, the people that I've met, you know, along the way uh, in, in, in that context. And I, I tell you, you know, this is kind of a off note of the blue, the battle of bluegrass. But I was just sitting here thinking, man, you know, just thinking about um, the five lap trophy dashes we used to have at Barstown. I mean, like we literally, the top six would run a trophy dash for a stupid trophy. <laughs> and and of course it's, it was your top six starters in the feature, but just, you know, uh, stuff like that, man, grown men, uh, we race for a trophy, like it's a million dollar trophy, you know, and, um, cause we loved it. We loved the sport. Um, and I guess, you know, I'll say this, uh, from the driver's side, th there's something special about, you know, buckling in for the feature, whether you're starting first or 25th, mm -hmm. it didn't matter, you know, the yeah. battle of bluegrass. Cause you, you, you know, Chris, it's Chris mentioned this about being super late models. We were the show, right? I mean, they, they had brought us in for that night and it was probably packed, um, in, in, in at the track, there's probably a lot of people there. So, you know, we were the highlight of the night typically. And, so there's just a special feeling uh, getting in the car and, you know, keep you doing the, I don't know, we did, I don't know if we always, back then I don't know that we did as many four wides, but we did the hand, the, the wave and, and things like that. And so, you know, those are special memories, uh, you know, that uh, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, this, that, that there's a special feeling when you're buckled in there and uh, you're coming, you know, coming to green or whatever and knowing that you're racing with uh, some re really good race car drivers and that you're really blessed and man, I could never, express enough gratitude for the people who made it possible for me you know my family and all those guys who worked for free countless weekends <laughs> and paid their own ways and bought their own food and you know i'd knock the whole deck lid out of it and they'd fix it back and you know i'd go do it again and, and it's because they love the sport you just keep talking about the love of the sport you know they love the sport too and um uh, just man i feel really blessed to, to have have had a season of my life where I got to be a part of that and, and thankful for people. I mean, Chris named them all. I can't remember names that well. He's worked with them longer than me, but the people who were in this series, you know, and again, I don't remember back then, but I know some of those guys that wasn't like their full-time income, you know, that they, they got paid, but they had other things going on. They had families. And so they made it possible for a local guy, a local racer like me to branch out like that. And so it's a really cool deal and I'm forever grateful for it. And, uh, you know, and, and um, wouldn't trade it for anything, man. I, you know, like I said, it's that season has passed, but uh, if you go out to my dad's business, the shop there, all my fire suits are hanging up, the helmets, there's like 
uh, some trophies and checks and different things are given. And so I almost set up there tonight so you, I could show it, but uh, <laughs> service isn't too good out there. But, you know, yeah. I see those pictures and I think about those times and uh, you know, just I feel really fortunate knowing that, man, there's a lot of people love to be able to do what I got to do for that, that moment in time. And uh, I'm very grateful that I got to do it. Hey, I won a few races. So there's a little added bonus to it, you know. Yeah, I was just looking here, Victor Victor Lee. It's not showing up on my screen here, so I can't put it up there, but he said he had the pleasure of racing with you. Go-karts, modifieds, late models, and there's been a few drivers saying that, but I've lost I've lost them. I can't, can't find them, but um, so, you know, good, good times for sure. All right, all right, World Wide West. We're, we're going to you, buddy. S well, send well us first, first, I want to go back to the jet and uh – -huh. I, I want to ask this, and he's kind of touched on it, but, you know, when you were racing, talk about Campbellsville drivers and, and how that meant to you to race against uh, Jay Watt, Johnny uh, Wheeler. Um, I, I've got a Jordan Bland shirt on, Justin Ratliff. <laughs> how, well, I, I can't believe you're doing that tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't have a jet shirt. I so. have a box somewhere, man. Could you, that's well, an oldie but goldie, ain't it? Uh, I mean, that's your fault for not yeah. not giving me one to yeah, wear. He's got I a mean, box of shirts and he's just hiding them somewhere. I mean, we find one somewhere. <laughs> well, you get me that shirt and on a on a later podcast, I'll wear it and and we'll make a we'll make a talking point about it. But hey. Jordan has watched our stuff. He's liked it. He he's he's commented. Um, yeah. So I had to do it. Yeah. And that that was you know I, I thought I'd get a little reaction. I finally did. So that's good. Yeah. I just um, now see it now. I can see. Oh, it. oh okay. Right. <laughs> that's great. But uh, so, you know, talk about that because uh, that's you know Tim Tungit. Uh, that's stiff competition right there. All you guys were good. And coming from this area, you know, did you did you have rivalries? Did you work together and help each other at the track? You know, did you yeah. – <laughs> you know, that's what I – that's that's something I want to hear before we end tonight. Yeah. Man, it listen, you know, you take – so it's funny because you had Tim and Johnny, you know, they were a little older, more established, had won a lot of races. I guess I was in the middle. Jordan and Justin were younger than me. They – about the time I got started um, on, um, you know, out of go-karts, they, they were in go-karts. Uh, Jay Watt, he's a little bit older than me. Um, so so it's kind of a difference in ages there. But, man, to be honest, a lot of it was bragging rights. To, you know, you wanted to you wanted to be the be number one in the veal, right? I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say we worked together. But, dude, the competition was pretty uh, – there was definitely some moments of uh, intense competition and probably some disagreements for sure. And, uh, but again, man, those guys were good though. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, those guys, especially Tim and Johnny were well-established. I mean, they had already won a lot of stuff and, you know, Justin and Jordan were very talented coming up. Like I said, I was in the middle. So uh, it, it, it was because, you know, we had Bardstown, we had Ponderosa, we had these close tracks. And so you had, I mean, racing was big here and, you know, people had their favorites and, and stuff. And then we had common friends who would crew on all different other guys' cars. And so, um, you know, it always created for good conversation. And, 
but but you know i'll be honest those guys ventured out pretty quick they they hit the road a little you know they went a little further than we did uh especially with the lucas deal but uh it was definitely uh you know there was bragging rights man you you wanted to be the i guess if we're all at the same track maybe you definitely wanted to be number one for first camelsville uh when the weekend was over uh there was even i guess if it was in the back of the pack you still beat everybody else in camelsville so that that was important um you know so that was pretty cool i mean it definitely listen man it made all of us better i I would say that because those guys were really good and you ran if again maybe there wasn't anything going on or it rained out somewhere and everybody ventured back to bardstown it might just been a thousand to win but cakewalk man so it definitely made you made you better, and uh, and I know it's hard when you're young. You're coming into the sport, the veterans. You you got to earn the respect, and uh, you know there's there's give and take, and and you know there's there's a line there, and so we try to do that. But again, we're rubbing uh, rubbing is racing, and you're going to have run-ins, and there's going to be accidents, and some probably thought it was intentional at times, but you know you you had to overlook it because listen, you live down the street from them, or you know across town, and you were going to see them, and you were probably going to borrow a tire or buy a tire or need, need a part throughout the week. So, um, you know, it, it definitely was interesting and uh, it's pretty cool, man. When you think back and think about how that was here in one little town, what all was here, uh, I, you know, and even you go to Lebanon, you know, Benji Lee was really good job. Uh, the Wheatley, uh, Wheatley's, uh, open wheels, like man, we, we should have, you know, a lot of racing within a, a short distance here, from where we live and um and so it's, it's pretty cool man it you know makes for good stories i was just at justin's house the other day uh actually bidding a job for him and so you know it's cool i see those guys out we reminisce a little bit talk about it. of course he's still you know he's still racing so uh, i guess he survived about as long as the rest of them. He's, he's the last one standing so maybe maybe we can talk him and let me get in his one night maybe he, <laughs> maybe he, he let me get in there we put on maybe you know, there's like a lot of, I, I gotta say this. There's a lot of talent come out of Campbellsville. You stop and think about that. From from Finn Watson, from Jeff to I mean, you mentioned all their names and Jordan Bland and and you yeah. and, and Justin Ratliff and Tungy. And I mean, you can't forget Tungy. My goodness, I mean, he's the, he's the king. Down. Is he still yeah. transportation director down there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I hope he gets, I hope he does some work. But no, he's, I always enjoy watching Tungy race. And like you said, Jason, uh, you know, it was competi- competition in the veal, and, and you wanted – all of you wanted Spanky to either, either, you know, say something about you on the radio or, or write a write a story about you putting in the newspaper. And, uh, yeah, that was – I mean, and like I said, all of y'all were, were really good um, and, and kind of, you know, like you said – Wheeler and, and Tungit was kind of older. You was kind of in the middle, and then you had uh, Jordan and Justin. So, and then and then you know Jay Watt. Um, so yeah, just a just a cool deal. Um, I guess as far as you know, my last my last words of of you know this this send off for for Battle of the Bluegrass. As I've mentioned several times, I started in the sport in in two thousand five. So you look that 2005 to 2009, going and watching these races at at our tracks here, you know, close. Me being from Corbin, and then ended up going to to college in Williamsburg, and then uh, at at University of the Cumberlands, and then 
finishing up at, at EKU there in Richmond. So all of these tracks, you know, locally, Ponderosa, Richmond, uh, Lake Cumberland, you know, throw Tazel in there. Those, I watched a lot of Battle of the Bluegrass year races in those years. And that, that was so cool to me being, um, you know, a new fan, uh, like I've said before, walking through the pits and, and seeing these drivers and, and me going to a lot of races by myself and having to learn on my own. And, and there's the jet prime example, never talked to him in the pits, but I always loved, you know, I loved his race team, his operation, watching him on the track. Um, you know, we didn't know each other now. So many years later, you look and, and, I mean, we're thick as thieves. We're tight. And uh, Jason's a good friend, and, and I love him to death. And, and his family, his dad, I mean, his wife, his, his daughters just love the family, uh, his mom. So, I mean, it's it's just it's just one of those cool deals. But, you know, to learn um, during that time period, and, and, yeah, I looked at those drivers like they were rock stars. You know, they were – they were big time and, and to further see, um, the ones that went on to travel and go and race nationally, um, that came from the battle of the bluegrass. And we've had some of them on the show. Um, that was a stepping stone to their national touring fame, I guess you would say. And the battle of the bluegrass dirt car series will always be, special um to me um as a fan because i love dirt racing i'm passionate about it and that was one of the one of the beginnings in in my career i guess you would say and uh that's what it means to me josh take it away yeah i, I mean i i can't i can't beat any of that and and wouldn't even try to you you guys have a lot of good experiences i mean wes you come into the sport in 2005 and and battle the bluegrass is in its heyday, you know, like I, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I mean, for me, I guess it'd be pretty much any, any race at, at Richmond with the battle of the bluegrass dirt car series. I grew up in, in Richmond and it's always been my, my home track and, and uh, a lot of good races there. The one that comes to mind, my, my wife and I had, I, I think I might've told this already, but we had our first, uh, her dad finally let me take her somewhere and uh it was to the to the butterball and i believe it was 2008 and uh i was uh i was a big victor lee fan and uh and she had never been to a race before and i'd talked victor up big time that night before we went to that race and we walked through the pits and i'm kind of the same with you like i did literally as a kid you saw these people as celebrities but I got older and got my license, was able to work and make some money and afford to go to the pits. And, and then getting to, getting to meet some of those guys, you know, getting to meet Victor Lee and, and everybody there in the pits. And, and that, that was cool. Um, and, and, uh, and, but there on that particular night, Victor ended up winning his first butterball. And so he made me look good. He made me look like I knew what I was talking about uh to her so maybe that's maybe that's why she married me i'm not i'm not <laughs> sure um so 
But yeah, so many memories. I mean, just the racing back then. It was just top notch and local guys. And we felt like we had a, it, even though it was before Facebook and Dirt on Dirt and stories were so much available, we felt like we had a connection as fans to those, all those drivers. And that's what made it so fun. Um, so, so that's, that's my memory, guys. Uh, thank you, Chris and Jason. Thank you to, James Essex and uh, Victor Lee, Mike Marler, uh, Tim Tungett, Eddie Carrier Jr., uh, Michael Despain, for what little bit of time we were able to have him on here and, and talking through my phone. Uh, it has been so much fun reminiscing about the good old days, and, and I, I'm glad that, that we got to share it with some, with some great people in the sport. Thank yeah, thank you. Thank you guys very much, um, you, you know, for coming on. Uh, it, it means it means the world to Josh and I uh, to have you guys on the show and, and all the other guys that, that we've had uh, on the shows, you know, the last three weeks and then all the way back to to August of, of 2022 when we, when we started this. So um, we love it. We're passionate about it. And uh, – this is this is just now we're living the dream like like you said, Jason, about being in the car. Well, we're living the dream, you know, talking about it as fans. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sarah mentions I did I wanted to name my my future kid Victor <laughs> Lee. Uh Victor <laughs> Lee Chastine never worked out. His name is Brantley, so <laughs> Lincoln Leadfoot Chastine. Yeah, that's right. So it it didn't work out. She wouldn't go that far. So uh that, that's unfortunate. Uh, but I do want to mention real quick before we end the show, coming up next week, we're going to start some season previews for the 2023 season. We want to have all of our racetracks on here in the coming weeks and drivers as many as we can. But next week, we're going to have the new promoters and new owners of Rockcastle Speedway on here with us. They're a, they're, they're a, a quartet, I guess you'd say. There, there's four of them, two, two couples taking over that place, and we're excited about that. We're going to give our fans a chance to meet them and hear about their plans and vision for, for Rockcastle Speedway. And then the following week, we'll have Brandon Hargrove on here and, and talk about Lake Cumberland Speedway. And we'll, we'll go from there and have our tracks on here. It's going to be a season preview month coming up for the, for the month of, uh, of March, I guess that's where we'll be. So thank you to everybody for listening. It's been a lot of fun. This has been the return of the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series on Dirt Racing and the Bluegrass Live.